Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, it is officially spring, score one for the good guys, which means warmer weather, which means you don't need as heavy a clothes. So maybe you may want to lighten up your wardrobe a little bit by head over to Leon Tailoring. That's right, maybe a nice spring jacket or maybe a nice pair of slacks or trousers or perhaps a nice spring dress uh, for the ladies in our audience. No matter what it is, Leon Tailoring can take care of all your spring needs. So spring on over Leon Tailoring. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy, happy to see you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown. Indianapolis. Well, something we don't talk about a lot on this program, but it is good when we talk about it. Is we talk about food. And so joining us on the news line is a uh, writer, cook, consultant, local food advocate uh, with Culinary Crossroads, Miss Jolene Ketzenberger. Jolene, thank you very much for being with us. We do appreciate it. How you guys, how have you and your husband been? I haven't spoken to you guys in forever. <laughs> I am doing fine. Always happy to talk with you, Abdul. And, uh, and we're doing great. Yeah. Thank you. So let me ask you a weird question. How is food doing here in the state of Indiana? Well, I think food is doing um, is doing well here in the state of Indiana. I know that we've had some challenging times, and some of those challenges um, are continuing with us and will be with us for a while. Uh, but right now, I am I am quite optimistic about uh, about the future of food here in Indiana. Uh, because I know, uh, obviously, with the pandemic and, and COVID, that took a took a major hit uh, on our food and our restaurant, our hospitality industry. Uh, is, is it making a comeback these days? You know, it um, it is making a comeback. I think it's going. We are, we still need to be patient with it. Um, labor is an ongoing challenge, as are rising prices, and we still have uh, supply chain issues as well. Um, so while uh, restaurants are, you know, coming back as everyone was hoping, um, there are still challenges, and even if they're back, they're having to deal with these challenges too. So I I do hope people are remaining patient uh, with their favorite restaurant. Now, how would you describe uh, Indy's, Indy's food scene, Indianapolis and, as a city and also uh, the, the Donut counties and the, and the state as a whole? You know, I think, uh, I think it's very exciting. Uh, of course, you know, I, I love to, to watch what's going on. Um, but I think uh, restaurants are definitely still opening, uh, both um, casual and fine dining. Uh, just this week, I was reporting on, uh, I don't know, uh, five different concepts that are opening um, in the Indianapolis area, everything from a craft brewery to bakeries. Um, I just got a look at a new supper club type restaurant that's opening on Mass Ave. Um, I think we're seeing um, really great development in, in our neighborhoods um, like Mass Ave, Broad Ripple, Fountain Square, that sort of thing, as well as the counties uh, all around Indianapolis. Um I think that uh, particularly, you know, the north side, Carmel Fishers, that sort of thing, Westfield, uh, we're seeing a lot of places opening in those areas as well. Uh, are we seeing anything open up, uh, say, you know, either Hendricks or Hancock County, or for that matter, uh, down in Morgan County or Johnson County? Um, absolutely. I think um, on the south side, uh, the Barkersville area, it's kind of a, a kind of a popping little place there. Uh, we've, we've seen a couple of uh, restaurants open there recently. Um, of course, Greenwood, you know, on, you know, on the south side, you know, that gets its share of, of openings as well. Um, and I do think we're seeing some stuff out west. I think that that's, that can be an exciting place uh, going forward. Uh, how about outside of the Indianapolis and the Donut County areas? Uh, well, I have uh, recently been uh, down into the Evansville area for um, we do a culinary crossroads um, and are is doing on the road dinners where we do collaborative chef dinners around the state. 
So we've been down at Evansville and also in the New Albany area. And I'm particularly excited about uh, the food scene in New Albany. They really seem to have a lot going on, as does Fort Wayne. You know, um, that's really that's really a happening area as well. Our guest on the program today is Jolene Ketzenberger. She is a local food advocate with Culinary Crossroads and also does uh, restaurant news on Indy Now Television. And so we're talking about sort of the food scene uh, here, not only in Indianapolis and the Donut County, but here in the state of Indiana as a whole. Now, Jolene, uh, we know the state fair is coming up and Hoosiers up things that are deep fried, whether it's donuts, <laughs> Snickers bars. Uh, you you name it. Uh, anything yeah, coming right. anything coming up at the fair that uh, has got that's, that's tickled your fancy, so to speak, or caught your attention? <laughs> Absolutely. You know they always have new things every year. Um, the pickle pizza is one that I'm kind of looking forward to trying. So um, that's kind of kind of piqued my interest there. Um, and then you know I I do always love <laughs> the deep fried brownies. That is my favorite deep fried treat. <laughs> well, I can do I can do deep fried brownies as long as they're mixed with some other stuff. So I can. I can <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> I, I can do that. I can do that on on occasion. Um, it would be very deep fried. Uh, exactly. Uh, it's interesting uh, because obviously uh, we're in the Midwest, so it's a lot of meat, a lot of potatoes. Is there any sort of uh, sort of uh, special special specialty sort of culinary delights uh, that folks can only find in Indiana that uh, that you can't necessarily find everywhere in Indiana? Um, well, you know, of course, we're we're known for that breaded pork tenderloin sandwich. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm always a, a big proponent of that. Although, you know, Iowa does claim that as well. Um, and you know, so you know, I think that um, I think we do really, really good stuff um, with some of the products that you, you know, you wouldn't be surprised about. You know, the the Wagyu beef up at uh, Joseph Dequeez Restaurant um, in Roanoke. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the vegetarian places I think are are doing really good stuff as well. Um, I've been kind of uh, taken with um, some of our uh, distilleries lately. I think we're really seeing um, some really some good innovation there. Um, bottled cocktails, canned cocktails, that sort of thing. Uh, you mentioned the state fair. Well, there's a distillery that's opening at the state fair, which is, um, I think, very cool as well with their uh, with their canned cocktails. Uh, it's interesting you talk about uh, sort of vegetarian, sort of vegan places because obviously, uh, we think Indiana and Midwest don't necessarily think it's, it's a vegan hub, so to speak. Uh, for for the folks who who can't eat meat uh, or or prefer to that, that vegan lifestyle, what's out there for them? There are more and more places. Uh, you know, there's um, just, I mean, we're talking just in Indianapolis, of course, 10th Street Diner. We have Three Carrots, a uh, vegan restaurant in Fountain Square. But I'm finding that more and more uh, traditional restaurants are putting um, vegan and vegetarian options on, on the menu. Uh, the Broad Ripple Brew Pub, you know, that's, you know, has been around uh, for a very long time, one of our first brew pubs. Um, but, you know, some a place like that, it also has a lot of... Uh, vegan and vegetarian options. Um, so I think you're seeing more and more uh, just just mainstream, just, you know, not necessarily because you're vegetarian, but just because maybe you're eating less meat, um, you know, and I think that, that those options are expanding. And, so, and speaking of meat, uh, how is Indianapolis downtown steakhouse scene doing? Because it seems like every other day there's a, there's a new steakhouse, like, good Lord, how much meat can people eat around here? <laughs> well, apparently a lot. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> right? Um, you know, I you know I still am excited about those kind of places as well because um, you know they do they, they they serve a purpose and you know if you you know if you're looking for 
you know, the white tablecloth experience, um, you're often going to find that at a steakhouse. Um, you know, one, uh, you know, the fountain room will be opening up uh, very shortly, um, sort of modeled on an old school supper club, steakhouse kind of vibe. That's going to be on uh, Mass Ave in the uh, High Alpha building. So um, I'm looking forward to that one as well, locally owned, which is very nice. Um, so I think that there is still, you know, plenty of interest in, in those types of restaurants. Nothing wrong with that. And I think it's interesting, too. Uh, I think Indianapolis has an interesting mix of both uh, what I call local steakhouses and both chain steakhouses. Oh, yes, of course. We do, you know. And uh, and I think that that, that that just adds to the mix. Um, you know, the ones that don't make it, you know, they go away. Um, and so I think that uh, if they're doing quality work, that they will find their audience, you know. Our guest on the program today is Jolene Ketzenberger. Jolene is a uh, sort of a culinary food critic and food advocate uh, with Culinary Crossroads, uh, consultant, and also does restaurant news on at Indie Now TV. And so I reached out to Jolene. I was like, hey, you know what? I'd love to sit and chat with you about sort of about food in the great city of Indiana. She agreed to do so. So, Jolene, we're happy to have you uh, uh, on air uh, with us today. Uh, I guess one of my questions is, uh, how does when when it, when it comes to sort of uh, opening a restaurant, how do people make that decision whether to whether to eat at home or go out, particularly in a pandemic universe? What, what have you found over the past couple of years? Um, well, right now, I think that there is still we're still seeing the results of the, the pent-up demand uh, uh, or the pent-up desire uh, to go out. Um, I think clearly during the pandemic, one of the things that that did was it got everybody much more comfortable uh, with delivery options. Um, and I think that part of what we're seeing as, as a result of that is the increase in ghost kitchen concepts, um, like a, a room service on wheels just opened in Fishers. Um, and of course, you have Cluster Truck, uh, which has uh, you know been open you know certainly pre-pandemic. Um, but I think you're going to be seeing more and more of those places opening um, that allows restaurants to make use of their kitchen you know perhaps during off hours. Um, or just to not have the labor demands of a dine-in facility. So, you know, just the kitchen and delivery, I think now you can you can certainly make a go of that. Now, I think it's interesting because I want to say early on during the pandemic when restaurants weren't open the way they, the, the way they used to be, I remember uh, ordering from Capitol Grill just a couple of steaks. I went home and cooked myself. Well, now see, right? You wouldn't have thought to do that before, would you? <laughs> no, no, not at all. But I thought, but, but I do think it's interesting that that a lot more, a lot more places, particularly a lot more upscale places, are doing sort of these ghost kitchen concepts. It is interesting, isn't it? You know that, um, you know, and honestly, some of those uh, concepts have been um, marketed uh, toward kids. You know, so they're you know, demanding their Mr. Beast delivery and that sort of thing. Um, so, but yeah, I think that that's going to be. Um, I don't think that's going anywhere. I think that we're going to continue to see um, delivery being very strong. And what and what got me to in the whole food delivery business has been uh, sort of the the McDonald's, the Burger Kings, the Taco Bells, the Wendy's, and Arby's actually get into the food delivery business also. <laughs> that's right. When 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 that first started happening, you know, one of my kids uh, was able to you know order up his McDonald's and you know late at night, and he said, "Man, what a great time to be alive!" Right. <laughs> so I do think that. <laughs> I do think that it, it does uh, it does fill a niche. Um, and why do I think know, I know which one of your kids who actually did that? I, but why do I get why do I get the strange <laughs> feel I know who that was? <laughs> you probably do. <laughs> 
Um, but, but yeah, you know, I think that there's a, I think there's a place for all sorts of options. And I think there's going to be more that we haven't even come up with yet. Um, you know, somebody's out there, you know, with the next big thing. And, uh, and I think that we're all going to continue to support as we can. Um, and I do hope everybody will continue to be excited, uh, about the new concepts and, you know, give them a chance and, and, you know, see what's, see what's out there. And it's interesting you bring up, uh, like I said, food delivery, because I know uh, we have a lot of grocery mm-hmm. stores uh, that are doing food delivery services as well. I know Target and Walmart, uh, they, they have you can just sort of pick up uh, your food. Uh, but one thing I thought was interesting in, in the whole food delivery universe, uh, does that sort of change the nature of the, of the whole food desert concept? Because now that, because before, if you didn't have a grocery store nearby, you had to you know, figure out a way to, you know, to get there. Now you can have the food delivered to you. Well, you know, that is an interesting um, way to look at it, you know, that it could help address um, the food desert issue. Um, You know, if you, you know, with obviously the delivery services, you know, you know, take care of the the lack of transportation, you know, which, you know, is a is an uh, ongoing challenge, you know, here in Indianapolis. Um, So, yeah, I think that that's a very optimistic uh, look at it, you know, that that perhaps it can help address the the food desert problem. Um, I also... uh no, Jolene, that uh, in addition to doing your doing your local food things, you're also a, a cookbook author. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. What have you What have you put together? Oh, so that is, that that is the uh, the Cafe Indiana cookbook, which was fun. Did that about a dozen years ago. Um, so I worked with a, a, another author um, who had studied. Um, Indiana cafes and small town diners and that sort of thing, um, and so then we did a we did a cookbook with recipes from from lots of different. Uh, uh, just small town mom and pop kind of uh, restaurants, and that was a very fun project to do. Jolene Kensenberger with us for a few more minutes on the program today. Uh, Jolene is a food, so sort of a food connoisseur, uh, so to speak. <laughs> she works for uh, Culinary Crossroads, and does restaurant news on Indy Now uh, Television. Uh, Jolene, uh, help our audience out here. Is there any sort of place, you know, say within you know a, a half hour, an hour drive that that that's just sort of a hidden gem here in Central Indiana? Hmm. Um, you know, I am a big fan of Story Inn in in Brown County. A little more than that, more like an hour and a half ish. You know, more than an hour. Um, so I, I do love to go down there. Of course, that's way off the grid. You get down there, and your cell phone reception uh, isn't going to work. But it is a is a charming place to go, and beautiful at this time of year. They have, of course, the restaurant um, that's been kind of a uh, you know, a, a sort of a gourmet spot for a long time. Uh, I know a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Indiana government folks have liked the story in over the years. I think it was a uh, has been popular for a long, long time. They also have a bar down there, which is kind of kind of popular with the motorcycle crowd as well. So, so that's a beautiful spot to go. Um, you know, just some of the some of the places you know around the area that I like. You know, I do like the Oasis Diner out in Plainfield. You know, that's um, you know, that's a, a fun retro kind of place to go. Um, and, and also out that way, um, a theater, an old theater building is going, is being re rehabbed into a restaurant. So that's kind of, kind of a fun thing that's coming up as well. Um, you know, a, a, a biscuit shop, a restaurant has just opened up and I'm looking forward to going to Big Bear Biscuits, uh, up on 96th street. So, you know, there's just... I think that there's all sorts of places. So how do you manage to stay in shape of eating so much good food? <laughs> 
I think the short answer to that is I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've certainly uh, put on my uh, COVID-19 pounds <laughs> during the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, I, I, I typically don't worry too much about that. So so I guess that's uh, that's how I deal with it. <laughs> Jolene Kensberg with us for a couple more minutes. So, Jolene, uh, help us out here. If I want to take my wife out, say, to a place that's not real expensive but also not uh, order food in the mouth of a clown, what would you recommend? Well, it depends on what kind of food, you know. Um, you know, I could I – could, uh, I could recommend seafood, but, you know, if you don't like seafood or steak, if you don't like steak, you know, so I guess I'd have to ask what kind of food. My wife loves pizza. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, have you have you had Futuro pizza? Um, little spot just, uh, just barely north of Washington Street, downtown, uh, behind the old Angie's List building. Uh, mostly carry out, but I think that there is some seating in there as well. Um, that's Detroit style, deep di- not not just deep dish, but but cheesy, crunchy edges on on that. So so they do a great uh, deep dish pizza. They also have a thinner crust as well. Um, so I would suggest Futuro, um, and then uh, you got to try King Doe also um, in that uh, neck of the woods on Highland Avenue and uh, Michigan Street, I believe. Um, so those are a couple of pizza places I would recommend. All righty. Well, our guest on the program today has been Miss Jolene Ketzenberger. Uh, she is a cook, writer, consultant, and local food <laughs> advocate uh, with Culinary Crossroads. You can find her work at Restaurant News at uh, Indianow TV. So, Jolene, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to chat with you, and, and bon appetit. Happy eating. Happy eating, Abdul. Thank you very much. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.